It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And welcome to Carcon Carne, sponsored by C&H Financial Services. I'm James Van Osdell, and today's 420, dude, 420. And in just a few short days, less than a week, Carcon Carne will hit episode number 600, or if you prefer, 600. And I've said this before, I, I had grand plans, a big idea that I was going to get back into the car, car and start podcasting from the Mazda 3 again. I just want to wait a little while longer. I want to wait until more people are properly vaccinated, until the world is a little more settled, and then I'll jump back in. So for episode 600, my initial plan of getting out into the universe and doing something big on location won't happen. So I'm going to do something big from home. Episode 600, Monday night. It is the night of 1,000 stars starting at 5.30 p.m. I'll be broadcasting live and archiving everything, obviously, for this podcast, 5.30 until, I don't know, 9.30, 10.30, however long it goes, dozens of guests already planned to join me Monday night for episode 600. Hope you join me for that. It's going to be awesome. So tonight, it's kind of a rerun, but it's a rerun of something you probably have never heard. It's it's an interview that's been long buried in my archives, and I, timing's everything. Eve 6, my God, Max Collins of Eve 6, has become one of the must-read Twitter voices over the past year. And as the band continues on, there's a new EP on the way called Grim Value that's happening in June. And while I don't have Eve 6 on the show in real time or in the present day, I thought it'd be fun to pull this one out of obscurity, off the proverbial shelf. I talked with Max on the phone back in 2012, March of 2012, right before the release of their fourth album and their first one since reuniting the album speaking code because you broke up at the original lineup broke up eight years ago right what i guess let's start there what what caused the breakup back then you had just released an album a year before that yeah what, what brought about the end i think i think we kind of reached a point you know we've been we've been doing this band since well john the guitar player and i met in pe class in 10th grade so we were 15, 16 years old, and that's that's when it kind of began, and it and it had been it had been pretty nonstop, um, you know, kind of from the get go. We ended up signing a record deal when we were juniors in high school, graduated high school a month or so later, made the first record. The first record ha ended up, you know, doing really well, which kept us out on the road for like 18 months to come back home, quickly record another one, go out and do the same thing, come back home, record another one, go out and do the same thing. And I think um, I think we'd reached a point of mental and emotional exhaustion, you know? I I I uh it we were the the success that the band had at you know, at such at such relatively young ages was amazing and and awesome in a lot of ways but i think it was also sort of difficult to process and i don't know that we had 
the time or the emotional maturity to do so until we sort of, you know, put the brakes on, you know? I'm sure it's pretty intense to be of that age and then thrown into the music industry machine, which at that point in the 1990s was just completely intense, out of control. Yeah. You had your childhood robbed by the music industry. It's funny. I, 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 I hate to... Any perspective that doesn't, like, you know, highlight how incredible it was and how how much fun we had and how just amazing the opportunity was to, you know, to have all these people hear our music and be able to, to you know, play in front of amazing crowds and stuff like that is crazy. I mean, it was like, I, I don't mean to leave out the gratitude aspect, but I think the question being like, you know, why did we stop? I think we, I think we kind of had to, you know. It makes sense. It's interesting timing. I recently on the show talked to Josh Caterer from Smoking Popes, who I remember back in the late 90s, I remember you sharing a bill with them at Metro here in Chicago. Cool band, yeah. Super cool band. And their situation was kind of similar. They got their label deal. Things just kind of accelerated at unpredicted paces, at at an unpredicted pace for them. And they they weren't ready for it. Yeah. But, you know, they, they put the brakes on at the end of the 90s. Took yeah. a few years off, and now it, it, it's like they're not taking anything for granted. There's a more relaxed attitude, and it, it seems like a much more well-rounded vision of the world that they have. And it sounds I, to me like that's kind of where you guys are at. Yeah, yeah. I think you kind of just told the story, like you know, in a nutshell. I, I think, you know, we're still, I think we're still broken and crazy enough to be capable of making good rock and roll music. I hope, um, but I think, <laughs> I think. We do have, you know, we have the strength of our experience now, and uh, and I think we have an appreciation for each other and and the opportunity that we have with this band. That maybe you know, when things were going a mile a minute, it wasn't it wasn't as easy to take stock of, you know, and realize. By the way, you unintentionally gave out the secret formula for rock and roll. That element of unpredictability, that, that sense that maybe things can spin out of control at any second. I think that's what makes good rock and roll, especially in a live context. I think it's, I think it's probably pretty necessary. I doubt there are, you know, I don't know. I think you have to be sort of sick to, to have, have the drive to make, make up, you know, I don't know have that thing that makes you want to be in a band and makes you feel like, you know, people ought to spend their time listening to your music takes a certain amount of, I don't know, ego, I guess, but um, it's all, it also comes from a place of purity, I think. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense, but uh, yeah, you know, I think, I think we've got, we've got a, a, a healthy mixture of those things, you know. Your your attitude, your open mindedness, your just the way you kind of view the world. I, I think I can trace it back. I remember when that first album hit, Inside Out was really omnipresent across FM radio, and I remember we did a promotion with you guys. I think we gave you away, like we gave, it was like a mail order bride thing. I think, <laughs> I think like you played someone's backyard or something. That you were the the prize for a contest. I thought that, right, right. That takes balls to play along with. I, yeah. So I've always kind of respected that. 
Well, you know, Q, Q101, you guys broke the band, essentially, at radio. That, that was like um, Alex Luke, you know, said, I'm going to play this song a lot before, before anyone else um, before anyone else did, and, and that, like, that really set the ball in motion. So I think we were probably, you know, we were willing to go the extra mile for that station, for sure. And, and the difference in radio now is pronounced. I mean, radio is not what it was in 1998. And it's interesting. The new single, or the, the first official single from the album, Speaking Code, uh, the song Victoria, it kind of got out there before its official launch date. Back, you know, 10 years ago, man, that was a big deal. Holy shit, how did that song get on the radio? Does, does that even bug you now? Or are you just thinking, oh, man, cool, they're playing my record? It's funny. It It does, like, you know... We definitely felt it this time around. It was like, wait, what? The song's not supposed to be out yet. And it's like we sort of freaked out a little bit. And, there's, and the response we got from the label is, you know, fellas, this, this is kind of what happens now. You know, it's like you don't have, you don't have the control that you, that you might think you do. And, uh, you know, it's cool, though, man. It's like it's, it's, it's amazing to be able to get this, like, I don't know. This, there's this immediacy now, and and uh, you know, we we with Twitter, we're seeing like getting the fan responses, and it's it's pretty cool, you know. For the most part, people seem to be pretty excited. Uh, let's talk for a second about Victoria. This cool. is. Uh, let me tell you how I perceive it, I, and I'm always wrong when I when I perceive these things. I picture a dude who's just ragingly insecure about having a really hot girlfriend who gathers a lot of attention uh -huh. and he's so in insecure he has to dive into a bottle of tequila yeah that's that about hits the nail on <laughs> on the head i think and all with the beat you can dance to yeah you know it's actually it's funny the uh the story is based on actual events um my then girlfriend's now wife victoria went on wait, 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 a this is about your wife yeah yeah, she she went she went on a girls vacation to um, Playa del Carmen, Mexico, and you know, girls only. And and uh, and I sort of I watched my like you said insecure, jealous mind start to do what it does and come up with these worst case scenarios and and, <laughs> and you know catastrophizing and all that, and uh, and picked up the guitar and that was sort of. You know, it happened all at once. It was one of those little, you know, kind of, it's fun when it works that way. When it's just like, oh, popped right out, you know. As of Speaking Code 2012, you were Stone Cold Sober, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, that the song was actually written um, in, when the band broke up, like, I, I was, I was doing, I was, kind of playing around town acoustically and stuff without any real direction. And, uh, and that's when I wrote, you know, the first, that's when I wrote the song. And then, um, when Tony and I started playing together again, he did this, you know, demo of it with, you know, kind of the arrangement and, uh, and attitude that the record version ended up having. And, uh, but yeah, it's an older song. I, I got, I, I got sober May 14th of, Oh six, so I guess it would have been I don't know a year or so before that even. It's a trip. Well, congratulations. 
Thanks, man. That, that's no small feat by any means. I so, appreciate that. I, knowing that you know your mindset and health are in a different place from where they were six years ago, what's the band like in, in 2012? Are, are you just are you all getting along? You, you're happy with the way you behaved in the studio? Yeah, you know, I, I, this this recording process was really gratifying. I, it, there was so so much work that went into it. You know, I mean. I guess starting from, you know, it's been a, a years of accumulating the material and, and then a bunch of writing that happened right before we went into the studio. But um, it was just, it was really creative and fun. And there was sort of a, like a, a healthy, I think, pressure that we felt to really show up, you know, knowing that it it had been, you know, so long between records we we wanted to really do something that we we felt was great so um we didn't we didn't rest until we kind of had this collection of songs that we thought was was uh strong enough you know and uh yeah i mean like the there were there were disagreements here and there and and uh like there, like there are in any creative collaboration, but that stuff's for the best. I feel, you know, it's like when you're when you're making something with people that care, you know, there are going to be opinions and and they're going to differ. And I think the I think the uh, the trick is, and you, you know, not not taking any of that too personally and realizing that you know we're three guys with with uh, a shared you know, purpose here, and that's to do something, do something really good. You know. Did any songs not make it on the album? Is there like a whole collection of songs that may turn up in other forms down the road? Yeah, you know, there there were a bunch that didn't make the record, and that and not everyone agreed on that too. That was like, uh, you know, that was a tough one. You know, because we, given all the time, all the years that the band was was inactive there were still songs being written. So, um, yeah, a lot of them didn't make the cut, but we, you know, we, we really kind of, we didn't make, make those decisions lightly at all, you know. So touring plans for 2012 and beyond. Yes. Shoot. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about them yet. We, I know we have, um, cause they're not like totally finalized, but, uh, we're basically like, we're going to be doing a lot of touring and, and, uh, it's, we're going to be starting with a, with a club tour. I should have, sorry, I should have asked. No, it's all good. I, I, the expectation is if you have a new album out, you're going to be going on the road. So I think it was kind of an obligatory question anyway. Totally. So you guys Accurate are going to hit the road, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. Shit. That's doing what bands a lot do. Of touring, a lot of touring. So we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely be, definitely be, uh, seeing some, going to some clubs that we, that we've haven't been to in a minute for sure. So thus far, we, we've received two songs from Speak and Code. There's Lost and Found, and then Victoria, more recently released. That's a taste of what's to come. And then Speak and Code doesn't get its official unveiling until April next month. Right. Cool, uh, Max. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's so much fun to have you back. I, and I really do. I remember being a Q and a one, and here are these kids just blowing it up. You know, you know, through Leech and everything else. It was just it's yeah. been fun. It was fun to watch you kind of ascend, and now it's fun to see you kind of. Wrestle your way back into things. 
Thank you so much, James. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's like, it's definitely been, it's definitely been a trudge, you know, and it's been like, but it's been cool. I think it, it's like we've kind of touched on it. It's given us an appreciation that, that, you know, when things are going super fast and you're 19 years old and it's like, you know, it, it it's, you don't necessarily notice. And, um, I think, uh, yeah, we're really, we're ready to work hard, you know, go out there and play from live rock for a minute. Max Collins of Eve Six, all-around good dude, all-around talented band. Tomorrow night on the 21st on Carcon Carne, it is Chicago band Tiny Kingdoms. And again, looking ahead to Monday, Night of 1,000 Stars is on the way. Thanks for listening. Please tell a friend, review Carcon Carne, share, share like like mad.